Warning, Josh is not an expert in any of the things he talks about. He simply uses his head and does a lot of research so you, the audience, don't have to. Keep in mind, he doesn't know everything, so take the things he says with a grain of salt. What is going on, people? This is another live episode of Josh Said What, the podcast that will change the world. In this episode, we got another very special guest. But first off, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Against All Enemies. You see it right there. Against All Enemies is hands down the best gun shop in all of Mojave County. Best one in Lake Havasu City. He does it all. He's got it all for you. Patrick, he's the owner of it. Fantastic guy. He's an amateur MMA fighter and he kills it. But definitely shout out to him. Check out his Instagram, his Facebook, AAE America, AAEAmerica.com. Check it out. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I got a gentleman coming on. Very special guest. I've been trying to get on for a while and we finally got him. I got CJ Pittman. How you doing, man? What's up? Oh, man. And we're going to jump right in here talking about AAE and Patrick Bowman. Man, is it, what is this show about? Like, those guys are not just the best in Mojave County, but I can tell you, I personally just ordered a rifle from them for a raffle that we're doing at the Thunderbird Farm Volunteer Fire Department. And hey. got that order taken, got the rifle built, and it's already sitting at my shop in Maricopa. So not just the best in Mojave County, but he makes things happen all over the state of Arizona. Um, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Honestly. What's up? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, I met Patrick just this year and it was through setting up everything with you guys. And dude, he's a badass dude. He's a badass. He is absolutely a badass dude. And, and um, I talk about him all the time, not just being, you know, one, he's a fighter and he gets in this cage and he gets down and dirty. They, you know, Patrick, the hammer Boffman, he is uh, literally gets in and just hammers down on dudes and he gets to do that. And he sees his, he's got his, company logo on the mat and i mean like it's just so much fun and everything meshes together really well with our with our like culture and the way that we do things and do business um patrick runs his business and and his gym and his the way he works out and the way he does his fight camps he does it just the same as we do business here um and we love that so we mesh right away and we connected right away um, I've only known Patrick for a year now as well. It um, yeah. came up and he got in the cage and he fought and, and the guy was like 50 pounds heavier than him. You know what I mean? One sec. I'll be right back. Yeah. No worries. I'm an animal. I just leave the doors. I was like born in a barn or something, leaving the doors wide open around here. How uh, dare you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I hear myself telling myself, like, were you born in a barn or something? <laughs> Things you do when you're a parent, you know? Exactly. Um, but no, yeah. um, AAE and Pat, I mean, Patrick, he fought and then immediately was like, hey, CJ, I want to get involved. You know what I mean? And it's mm -hmm. like, absolutely. You know, that's the kind of relationships that we're looking for, the long-term relationships, the, you know, the things that mesh and, and mesh with MMA fans and gun people in Arizona. I mean, that's like how you can't get more of an ideal market really. You know what I mean? Like, I guess mm -hmm. if you're a jiu-jitsu guy, you might be not as much of a gun guy, but Hey, <laughs> uh, those MMA guys are all about it, you know? So, um, and of course I love guns and I'm all about guns. So we just clicked right off the bat and then he gets in the cage and starts, you know, smashing on people and dropping the hammer. And it's like, hell yeah, I really, really like this guy. Like, Exactly. Uh, we gonna trans for a long time, Pat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I could, you could just tell by his build. Like he was, he was born to just brawl like that. And yeah, he's such a chill dude. Every time that I've worked with him, it's been just a pleasure to work with him. And same with you guys too, honestly. Well, yeah. I mean, and you as well. Like, while we're at Pleasant Trees, you're great to work with, sir. We appreciate you. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, Pat's built like a, a brick shit house. You know what I mean? Like he's, mm -hmm. a, he's a military veteran. You can definitely see that on him, on his face. And you know, he he shines up nice and and does the part. And he, we you know we've had him on the news and we you know so he's a really good, well rounded MMA fighter, which is exactly what we're looking at. And I mean, the more that entrepreneurship keeps growing and people continue to start new businesses and, and grow their businesses, things like that, the more we're going to see crossovers between fighters and 
you know, partners yep. and sponsors in, you know, between being a fighters to being personalities and things like that, you know, we've involved quite the network of random people with different talents and things that make it what it is. And, um, I see that only growing from, from within. So. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like a, like a spider web effect, because as you make each connection with these guys, it branches off in so many different ways and you just build this web of connections. That's just perfect. I would say. Well, and that, I mean, that comes from delivering value, you know, like a mm -hmm. lot, like even you, you know, you know, you come to the table and you deliver value and we do that same thing with, when we're built, reaching out and building new relationships, it's, it's actually doing what you say, which mm -hmm. is huge in this world to these days. It's like a long forgotten art or, you know, something It's like the mysteries of the universe do what you actually say you're going to do, you know, and like mm -hmm. that's good for business. And, and, um, by doing good business and, and building good, strong relationships and not burning bridges and, and working with people and building from, you know, building something bigger than just rough. I mean, like I, we're mm -hmm. seeing tons of little businesses pop up that are supporting what rough is, you know what I mean? But they, they were spinoffs or, or somehow got some kind of involvement and started off from there and grew and it just kept getting bigger. And, and so that's really cool to see you know, being in, in the sport and in the, the, the scene for a while to see those little companies start to become big companies and start to do this, the same thing for other promotions and other companies is really, really cool. So, um, yeah, that's the way to get, to get a big, strong army of people around you is do good business and, and build good, strong relationships. And, then mm -hmm. they, you know, they can't help but to want to jump on board and support what you're doing. Yeah. Exactly. That's why my mindset as I take an approach and everything that I do with podcasts and everything, it's burning bridges doesn't bring any value. You know, if it's like somebody that you probably shouldn't associate with, then yeah, I get that. But otherwise, all, all I care about is what connections can I make the best value that I could build as well as the relationships that I could build. Because, you know, and I talked about it with Matt from Celebrity Theater, how, you know, you can't necessarily just walk into a business or walk into a promotion and be like, hey, I want this, this and that and not have a relationship or not be able to have some sort of value that benefits the both of us. But like, that's why with my approach, I was just like, what can I do? What can I do to help? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the way about it. Um, you know, there the burning bridges things comes from a long long-standing thing with old school mentality of how this business was, was and it's given promotions and and legitimate organizations such a bad rap because of these old school guys that used to just burn and turn they would you know hook you in mm -hmm. with flashy stuff you felt like a big old bass you're going yeah it's exciting yeah it's flashy it's great until the time came to like either get compensated for your value or they would just move on to the next guy who would do it for free and whatnot. So like when that goes all the way across from fighters to, you know, to personalities, to commentators, mm -hmm. all of that stuff, like back in the day, like uh, they didn't, it wasn't about building up the fighter and building up the fighters audience and building their value and showing them how to operate this like a business. It was about how, how just get, a, get it and get them on, you know, and like, and if, once they, if they were no longer of use to that promoter or whatnot, then there was this big fallout and it's a bad relationship, blah, blah, blah. Same thing yeah. with marketing partnerships and sponsors and all that stuff. You know, like we've had some of our sponsors we've had for as long as I've been with rough seven plus years. You know what I mean? And it's not because we're just awesome people and they like to, you know, help out and pay money and do this stuff. It, it's because we provide value. And, and even when we haven't nailed it on the head, we've gone back and assessed it and, found where we can make adjustments or do mm -hmm. those types of things. It's not a disposable relationship. You don't just throw it away and start over and find somebody else and build it again. You adapt and you adjust and you make it work. You know, it's not, mm -hmm. it's not a, a yes or no, or a go or no go. It's a, is this working or is this not working? And you go from there, you know what I mean? Oh um, yeah. And so it's a matter of like just doing business different than, than the old school ways. Like no, there's, you know, especially since COVID and whatnot, it's like the old book of how to do this game, it had gone completely out the window because it, none of it was the same. It's like the marketing mm -hmm. strategies are different. The, you know, it's not just a bunch of people want to go out and see a fight anymore. Like you have to get personal with people. You have to 
gain attachment to the fighters. The fighters have to go out and be seen and show their faces and let their people know that things are going on and what's going on. And Hey, you know, here's what's going on during fight camp. And here's events that are happening around the fight. Here's ways that you could come out and be a part of it and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a whole new thing. And so the old school mentality doesn't, it just doesn't fit and it doesn't work with the future of the sport and the business, you know? So, yeah. And this is, and I, I feel in the future, all of these little relationships that are building in 10 mm-hmm. years, what is Josh said, what going to be? You know and I mean, then we'll look back on this and be like, Hey, I remember we were in our basements and like shooting podcasts and, and talking about this and that. And like, we're going to look back at it as Joe Rogan does now to a decade or 15 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. It's building something bigger than any one person. Yeah, absolutely. That's why like if any general advice that I would give to people, especially like uh, kids growing up and they want to go down this Avenue that we're taking or really any field at all. You, you just got to be that guy. You got to be, be able to have that communication skills build those relationships especially because i feel like too it's considering you got COVID that happened and then you know like all the other bs that goes on in this world i feel like now is a especially more emphatic time where like you really got to build those quality relationships because it's the quality relationships and the connections you build that translates to every facet of the field that you're working of the event where now like what i really like with rub nation is the interactions that we bring to the fans to bring an emphasis, getting them more interactive, and then also adding the emphasis on the fighters that uh, bring in value to them. And then they bring value to you guys. And it's well, like and any, this is like, something you do really well. I want to just run over you real quick on this one. Like you are the, one of the most authentically you people I know. And that's why I love you so much because you don't care what people think you're not letting what somebody else's thoughts stop you from getting on here and creating this podcast and reaching out and interviewing people um, where so many of us these days will let our let our own minds get in our ways of doing something great because we're afraid of what somebody else is going to think about it or what somebody else somebody else's opinions about you know what you want to do like if this is something you want to do and they, like you put yourself out there and you are absolutely a hundred percent authentically you, you know what I mean? And I applaud you for that because there's so many people just trying to be somebody or something else that they're not. And in this day and age, I think you know, what I connect with more as a consumer and as a viewer and things like that is the reality of it. The, the, the authenticity of people and, you know what I mean? Like it's the rough life. Like none of this shit has ever been easy and we haven't hidden that or tried to like mm-hmm. make it a thing at all. Like it, this is not an easy thing to do. And you know, again, it's the people that keep this machine running, the people that come and see the shows, the people that train their asses off and, and get in the cage and fight the people that train the people that are training and getting in the cage, the coaches, the gyms, the families, you know, at the, the moms and the the young kids and all the everybody sacrifices for this beast to happen. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. I think that's what people enjoy seeing about rough and the rough shows is coming and actually seeing people, you know, like that, like you don't see anything different on the internet of any of us from rough that you wouldn't see or hear from us sitting person, you know, face to face. And you've, you've shown up to events where we've sit and had lunch. I ate chicken wings in front of you while you were trying to <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you know, we're just a bunch of dudes and we're just trying yeah. to put this amazing thing together and have a lot of fun while we're doing it. And it's it's such a wild ride and it's so much fun. And again, just people like and that again, I applaud you for your ability to just be authentically you and give people you because like I think the the era of the fake and the the flashy and all the bullshit that you see on the insta is is fading you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i don't connect with the the insta whatever's that have multiple millions of followers but only posted three things and you don't know what their dog's name is you know what i mean like yep all right let's go the other stream the ones where you just know their dog and their dog has a lifestyle and a persona and a, you know an instagram page jeez <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, i i think it's that's superficial and i think the connection and the people and and the, again, I go back to the farm team, the the farm team mentality. Like, 
this isn't something that we are just experts at. And, and yeah, there's been a blueprint put out there, but at a level so far away from the AAA, the farm team era, that it's it's a standard set that it, only a fool would go after, essentially. Like, I don't want to be the UFC. I don't want to be Bellator. I don't want to be PFL. I want to be the dude that gives the most people the opportunity to fulfill their dreams within those bigger organizations, so to speak. Yeah. And to get to see these people and know these people from the fans, the fighters, the coaches, the wives, the, you know, the moms, the grandmas, get to meet the families of everybody that comes out and, and plays a part in what we do is, is amazing. And we create amazing relationships. And, you know, I get Christmas cards from some of these folks and, and I love it. It makes my life that much better. And it's not because we went out and made a bunch of money. It's because mm. we're all creating this, giant beast of a thing that in the future is going to be something super amazing and we're we're all doing our part in it and we're all putting in our effort and our and our sleepless nights and our hard work and we're all enjoying the process and we're all enjoying the the imperfection of it you know mm -hmm. just the the grind of it and the the natural impurities that makes it so worthwhile that you're wanting to give it your absolute all and every time you want to keep improving improving each time like hands down and it, thank Absolutely. you by the way thank you by the way i appreciate that about the authenticity comment because that's what i've really placed the emphasis on my approach to this podcast because yeah we live in an era where it's just fake this fake that fake news fake everything and people are are like completely two-sided they're one person on camera another person off screen and with me personally the thing that i focus on uh like one of the things i focus on the most is don't forget where i came from and I come from humble beginnings and I want to provide that value to people that also came from where I came from, that there is hope that you can build your life. You can take charge of not only your environment, but your own capabilities. And that's why I always push myself. And that's why, too, I'm so happy that I got to meet you guys now, get to work with Ruff, because I, I don't want to live life with regret. Absolutely not. Fuck that. I don't want to. I don't want to be in my 50s, 60 years, uh, 60s, uh, regretting and just pissed off every day because I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't take any risks. Even if I live a short life, I'd rather live it as an epic and to the fullest. And regardless how scared I am every day, I still want to pursue it. 100. percent Absolutely. And I mean, I've got many mentors and coaches and stuff that I that I look to for that kind of stuff. And that's exactly what they say. Like, doesn't matter how much money you make or you know, how much fancy shit you got. Like when it comes down to your death better, you're going to have the regrets. Uh, uh, you can't buy that time back. You can't, you know, you can't buy those memories back. You can't buy those experiences back from that moment. You know what I mean? Like you mm -hmm. can have all the money in the world and you're still going to be right there in the facing that same decision of how, how did you live your life and, and did you get the most out of it? And I think that's, you know, yeah, we all want to strive for more and strive to build bigger things and whatnot. But one of the hardest things is to remember to just slow down and enjoy the present and enjoy the process. You know, like nine mm -hmm. out of 10 times, I'm not even excited when I get where I'm going. I wanted to just go there. You know what I mean? Like yep. I wanted to take that journey, whether it's a car ride or, you know, going on a trip or any of that kind of stuff. It's almost like I'm, I'm almost sad when I get there. Same with the rough shows. I mean, we have this five, six, eight week journey that happens every time before every single show. And it comes down to showtime. And I'm like sad that it's another five to eight weeks before we get to do this again. And it's like, mm -hmm. but it by month, you know, on Monday, like the, after the adrenaline dump, like we're right back to it and there's no skipping a beat. And we're right back on that path. We're not at the destination is only three hours every couple every month or every six weeks, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we only get to the destination of what we're doing with rough five times, seven times a year, you know, it's the other 12 months out of the year where we're constantly building relationships and, and communicating with people and, and brainstorming them with a brilliant people in all different fields, whether it's on mm -hmm. the production, the video side or the talent side, or, you know, the coaching side or, you know, marketing, venue stuff, like promotion, getting out into the community and doing that kind of things. Um, the nightlife side of it, all of the different things, like all of that stuff that happens between now and showtime, which is 60 days from today, just in case I don't plug that in. Um, <laughs> 60 days from today, rough 52. Hell yeah. Um, hell so yeah. for the next 60 days, 
our goal is to go out and build these connections and, and you know, start these relationships. And, and Jason and I are going to be going out and Adrian's, Adrian's here in Arizona. Well, he'll be back. He's a little stranded uh, due to weather travels and winter Christmas stuff, but yeah, um, he'll be back in Arizona. He's spending, you know, he's here four or five days a week. So now we've got the whole rough team central here in Phoenix and we're going to be, we never had our stuff, our shit together long enough or early enough to be able to designate. It's always something we've wanted to do. It's always something we said, we need to do this. We need to do this more. We mm-hmm. need to be out there. We need to be connecting with our people. This is rough nation. It rough, Rough MMA is the thing. Rough Nation is the people. You know, like the how do you get how do you get connected to more people? You go out and you go into the gyms. You go out to you know these sneaker places and these businesses run by people in the in the industry. And it's like there's so much community that surrounds the show and and surrounds the sport in itself. Like getting out and getting involved with the community and getting them to know who we are as people. Because we are way cooler as people than we are as rough MMA. I can tell you that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. We are way cooler as people, the people that are involved in this crazy nut thing we do, than we are as a as a brand or as a show. You know what I mean? Like that's just the the party to kick off all the the hard work and and see if what we're doing is working and going in the right direction. You know what I mean? Like. And putting on a stage for these guys that, you know, this is their dream for a lot of these dudes to get to this level and to be able to fight in an arena like the Celebrity Theater mm-hmm. it, under the big lights and all that stuff where you've got, you know, a crowd full of people screaming your name and and you're getting to live out a dream. Like th- so many people's dreams are involved in this at so many different stages. It's not always just that like pinnacle that everybody tries to achieve, you know, that the enjoyment mm-hmm. and the gratitude comes from all of it you know it's it's an it's amazing i love that <laughs> yeah me too man me too and it's crazy how you explain that because when i think about things for myself you know it's the person who got me interested in podcasting was joe rogan joe rogan is also a massive mma guy he helped ufc burst into the mainstream and everything and i feel like i don't strive to be like him but i strive to do things like get to his level and what he can achieve and like the approach that now i have with you guys it's obviously i'm not a commentator like him but the role that i play and the value that i bring i it's just it feels so ironic how i fell into the same path and getting to meet all you guys and what i really like about rough as i've said before is just the emphasis on providing value to the audience to the fighters to you guys as well and getting be able to talk to you guys behind the scenes just learn more about you guys and that's why like i especially want to move to phoenix like i'm i've been trying like to get out there asap so i could be more part of this web and see what i could really bring value to when i'm fully out there I get it, man. When I first got involved with Rough, I lived out in Maricopa and it felt like Havasu. <laughs> it's <laughs> like you feel you got it once you get into and you surround yourself with community and you surround yourself with people that are doing the things that you want to do and that you want to be involved in and you plug yourself into that, like the, the possibilities are exponential at that point. Like my wife literally said, like, I'm moving back to civilization with or without you. And we bought the house here in, in South Phoenix, Aotuki. And moved here and then everything started getting plugged in. I could go and have meetings and do these things. Whereas in Maricopa, it was like planning a whole day event, even though it's only, you know, 15 minutes from here, but it's that much farther away that if nobody's coming out to meet you out there and, and mm-hmm. you're planning a whole evening to come out to Phoenix and, and get back. So it's like, I totally get that. So do things do move faster when you put yourself in the proximity, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then something I've been wanting to bring up to you for a while that I specifically saved for when I finally get this interview. When we had you <laughs> when we had you on uh, throwing hands with uh, uh, me, you and James, I remember that I had uh, said in that interview that what I really liked about you guys was that you wanted to be uh, that seeing almost like a stepping stone for these fighters to hit these higher levels. When I look back at that, I feel like no, I want to take that back because the more I get to know you guys, I get to know not only your goals, but your aspirations and everything. I feel like by saying stepping stone, it's selling rough nation short. 
And I feel like you guys have much bigger ambitions than simply being that. And you guys really want to push for more. And so I wanted to pick your brain. Like, what's your true ambitions? Well, and I remember this this conversation very, very vividly. I haven't gone back and watched the Throwing Hands podcast or whatnot, but I I explain this all the time. Like, I used to be very distraught at the word like stepping stone or the thought of being a stepping stone for somebody else. Um, when you get into a mindset and a thought of of service, like the it, it completely changed. It won the the way I viewed the sport completely, completely changed. Because again. There was a time that Joel, you know, he was Mr. Big Showtime promoter and he was the big shot. He drove a Viper and, you know, had the gold chains and did all that. And he was that OG promoter. And and as he's gotten older and, and wiser, you know, more gray hairs and a little older and wiser, um, he's mellowed out a lot on that. And where even where when I first got involved and started getting some of the responsibility that I have now, when he would start to, he would test me and he would allow me to do these things and see if I like, you know, got all big headed and excited and run off and want to do all this shit. Well, yeah, you always have that, like that ego and, and stuff that you have to combat in, in all things in life. And, and for a lot of people, this sport and this position is all about ego. And for me, it took, it took me a while to like get over the thought of, or my ego get over the thought of being a stepping stone, having anybody step on me to get to where they wanted to be. And then, you know, through tons of, again, I, like I said, I, I have, I pay for coaching. I, I have mentors. I have all of these things. My wife, she's an a amazing influence when it comes to like the mindset and, and wellness and, and those kind of things. And that's something that she talks about and, and exhibits often is like a heart of service. And, and when mm-hmm. you start looking at things from, from a, a service position or a, you know, and then you start to be able to, it starts to become about other people's experiences and other people's memories that you're creating. And mm-hmm. I see this more and more now being so involved at celebrity theater and, and being involved in so many different shows and projects and stuff there is like, I, I love to provide the experience for people. I love to help people create memories, even if it's just being helpful during an event or, you know, making sure that they're enjoying or they're getting, you know, getting served and that they're enjoying and, and creating a memory that they're going to, you know, have for, for a lifetime. And, and right. being at a historic venue like that, where you've got people that have come to amazing shows in that room for 40 years and they can recall all of these shows and all of these memories that they had and how it was so amazing. Like, and to come back and get to do that again and to have those people share what that was, you, you, quickly learn that like I love I love putting on the experience and being a part of facilitating that experience for the masses like that is so much more rewarding than just being it letting it be about an ego and being mm-hmm. about me and getting in this the ring and making all that you know and putting all that I like you'll see me at a, at a rough show I'm not I'm not over there partying I'm running around and I'm facilitating things and making sure that everything's running smoothly so that mm-hmm. what's seen on the outside to the fan and the, the family member and the, you know, the teams that are there supporting people, they don't see any of the chaos. They don't see any of the shit that happens behind the scenes. What they see is an amazing experience and well, that's what they get to, me- to remember and to carry on. And that's what also gets spoken about rough MMA when people leave that building, you know, it's like, Mm-hmm. The hardest thing is getting them in the door the first time. The experience is so much fun and so much exhilaration and energy and excitement. And I mean, you see it all and you get to be a part of it all. And it, it's something that sticks with you. So when you leave there and you had that experience for the first time, like you're going to talk about that and you're going to tell people about that. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather people leave our building, our giant concrete castle and tell people about the amazing experience then that they had versus one amazing dude, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah. And that's something that old school promoters haven't caught on to. It's that's why we want to incorporate so many different experiences and things in, like we've been doing, is to introduce new fans, introduce people to what it's all about, and so they get to experience that, and then they go and they bring more people, and they come again, and they get to experience it for many years to come. You know, like building something bigger yeah and that's why i 
I, I genuinely feel that there's a lot more there's definitely a lot of potential and momentum that's really going for rough because it's the fact that you're not trying to fall in those old school bad habits and trying to let the ego get the best of you. That's why, you know, Rough Nation became the number one promotion in the state of Arizona because the approach that you're taking, exactly the approach that you're taking and the emphasis on not the people running the show, but the people that bring the show to begin with the ones that get us started the fans that there wouldn't be an event if the fans weren't there all those people the amount of attention and focus and emphasis and heart that you guys put in for that aspect it makes me feel like like there's that's why i want to work with you guys because i see the potential and the fighters man the fighters the more fighters yeah. we give that opportunity to the more new you know, people going from amateur to professional and getting into mm -hmm. the sport at that level, the more we can create of them, the more opportunity there is, then there is that next level to get to the big money and to get to the big fame and to get to the world notoriety and that stuff. Like mm -hmm. we want to be the ones to help put them in that spot. We want the legacy to be that if you go and fight for rough MMA, you're going to get the eyeballs that you need to see you to be able to go out, you're going to get that highlight reel. You're going to get that cage experience. You're going to get the stuff that you used to not be able to get frequently. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, some people would fight once a year. We, you know, and we've got people fighting three, four times a year and, you know, progressing their careers and getting that experience, getting those highlight reels, getting all of that. And then, you know, we're going to probably cheer these people on when we see them move on to that next stage. I mean, most recently, you can think back to Waldo Acosta Cortez. Like that dude mm -hmm. came in as a as a ringer for the Road to One tournament, and you know, ended up leaving the tournament early because he got that opportunity sooner than he would have been able to had he completed and won the tournament. You know, yeah. he came in, he got a few really impressive fights in the cage, uh, some killer matchups. Jason, like Jason, the matchmaker, he just outdoes himself with these every single time. And that heavyweight tournament was the, a nightmare of matchmaking, but it kept these guy, big guys busy when people weren't doing MMA shows. So then mm -hmm. Waldo gets a, a chance to go and fight for LFA and then goes out there and kicks ass. Then immediately from there, they're like, hey, you can you can get to on the contender series. And then boom, he goes there. Now he's had two wins in the UFC since then, and he is on a roll. And he, you know what he had to say? I'm going to take the holidays off because I just, you know, beat two of the world's top heavyweights in, in a month. You know, like, I'm going to take a couple days off, guys. You know, I'll come back in January or something. Like, yeah. that kid is living his dream. You know, he's from a third world country. He's, he speaks English better than you think, but he doesn't speak fluent English. And, and, I mean, I love the guy. He's a character. He's amazing. He came out of, again, you know, I see, I've never even seen him on the ground or do any MMA whatsoever. I'd seen him boxing here in Arizona, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it, he came out and now he's going to be the future superstar heavyweight world champion of the UFC. You can quote me on that. Um, Cause he's, he's got it. You know what I mean? Like, and it makes me proud as fuck to say that he started, that he came and did that here and got those eyeballs that gave him the opportunity. And I mean, again, not just us. It wasn't just that he's got an amazing team around him. His gym is amazing. His management's awesome. Um, you know, they're, they're a big family over there too. And so it's, you know, it's just a, a huge sense of pride and, and overwhelming amount of pride to see them, the all the all of them get to that opportunity and get to go to that next level. And I'll, I will always be there to cheer them on. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I want to be able to say that about, as many fighters as possible for the next 30 years, you know, to be able to give them that opportunity to go out there and get to that next level. I mean, you see it now, even with Joel, you know, like he'll run into Kelvin or, you know, Henry, these guys. And like, Joel's been a huge part in Arizona MMA and, and giving these guys that opportunity and they will forever remember him and have a place in their hearts for him for that. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. I admire that. And that's amazing. Now we're going to do that on an exponential scale. Do that, you know, a hundred times over every single year, giving these guys the best opportunity possible. And it's hard because there's competition out there. There's a lot of people they mm -hmm. could go fight for. There's a lot of organizations. And, you know, sometimes they'll get the matchups and sometimes we'll get the matchups. So it's 
one of those things yeah. that, you know, until you experience it and, and if you allow yourself to be open to it as a fighter, as a fan, as all of that, we welcome you into our world, man. It is rough, but it is a hell of a time and we love what we do. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And a number one compliment I get to from a lot of these fighters, especially the ones that are just starting out, is that, you know, with now that we're doing like the pre-fight interviews, we're now trying to work in post-fight and with everybody that we got to do uh, this time around back at Rough 51, I've had so many fighters tell me like, thank you for having me on because for them, their mindset is, is that this, this gives them experience, media experience as well because coming up as a fighter now you got to be able to have a social media presence you got to be good in front of media and you got to be able to fight and throw hands in the cage and for like jason he does a phenomenal job with the matchmaking and these fighters that he brings on absolutely incredible and we're able to give them a full wholesome experience that not only in a way helps prepare them for those next steps but also gives them that attention for the opportunities to come in for them absolutely Absolutely. And I mean, that's the thing is like, it doesn't matter whether they're a debut amateur or they're a seasoned pro veteran, you know what I mean? Like they're, we're trying to give them all that same experience and that same promotion and that same juice. And, and for the longest time, we didn't have the ability, we didn't have the staff, we didn't have the systems in place. You know, we didn't have a lot of things to be able to get to this point. And this is something that I see is going to be a huge part of 2023. And what we're doing is now that we do have all these teams and these people in place to do this stuff. And I mean, Jason's going to wrap up this February 25th card in the next like 10 days. And then nice. we're signing the March card. And then we're signing the April card. And by the time the February 25th show comes around, you know, who's going to be in attendance to help get some eyeballs on them is the people that are fighting on the card in March, they're going to come to the show and we're going to put some more juice behind them there, you know, and, and taking it, you know, because fights for the longest time, were always like signed in the last minute, you know, Oh, they, I'm mm -hmm. going to take this last minute fight. Like, well, ultimately, like if you're going to be a professional fighter, you should stay ready and be ready to fight all the time. If you're, if you're healthy, you should be ready. And, and to mm -hmm. take a fight on no, no notice is, is great. And you'll always get moved up the chain do, by doing that. But we also want to be able to know, have a fight six weeks out and be able to promote you for that six weeks, you know, be able to build the content around you, be able to get people to see who you are and decide whether or not they're going to root for you or the guy that's going to punch you in your face. You know what I mean? Like when you've got six weeks to build that kind of content before every show, like mm -hmm. the, the whole vision the whole what's perceived at fight night is completely different because now you've got people that are that are seeing what you're doing as if you're a fighter they're seeing what you're doing they're getting a you know they have a similar story as you or they came from a similar background or you guys went to the same high school or whatever they, they have some reason to cheer for you you know and to and to to want to root you on and that's just human nature like we find association to people and we want to back them and we want to cheer them on like that I, it's just, it happens. You always have the underdog and you always have, you know, like being able to put that spotlight on the fighters prior, much farther prior to, and then leading up to, and then using each event to give them that kind of live experience of, you know, ha coming backstage and being interviewed a month prior to your show. And Hey, this is what it's like. What are you thinking? You know, we're only 30 days away from the next one. Then, then you're going to be back here and you, this is what you're going to be doing. You know, and like, mm -hmm. talk to us about that and, and share that experience. Cause as normal as that is to me, like being back there and seeing all that and all, but to the, to the normal everyday human being, to the new people we're trying to bring in as fans and to get them interested. Like this is all the stuff there. They want to see, you know, they want to, mm -hmm. They want to know what it's like. They want to know. And again, it's like, yeah, share your wins and all that shit. But like people will fucking root you on when they see the rough, when they see the trials and the tribulations and all of that, you know, like sharing that stuff and being, making, doing that on your public social media and, and making your, well, making your social media is public. It's huge for you fighters. If you don't do that already, go back into your settings and change the settings to public. Um, Cause the whole goal is to get people to see you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just going to put in those little, you know, tips as we go. But those kind of things I like when you have six to eight weeks, then you've got 
150 people in there chanting your name when you come out to the, the cage. Then you've got 600, you know, like my favorite event of 2022, my favorite instance. I mean, the crowd, the entire crowd said, Ole, 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 cheering on. Which one was your favorite event again? It cut like, it was the most energy we've ever felt at a rough, rough event. Um, up until that point, and it was Paul Prime Margitis versus Deshaun White, and Paul and and his brother Dre and all of their crew. They came so deep that when he came out, like people were chanting. I remember that? Okay, yeah. Olé, olé, olé. <laughs> I remember that. And it was the most amazing feeling, and I know that gave him extra juice, and that gave him mm. extra energy, and and to be able to go in there and perform the way he wanted to and eventually come out with the win like he did. Um, I can tell you right now, I've, I've been to fights where I've been the only person cheering for that person in the room and they got mm-hmm. their asses kicked. Like it's, there's something about energy and having your people around you and having people just chanting your name and cheering you on as you're going out there to do something that is scary as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Most of us, that's why we don't fight. We would turn and run <laughs> in that instance. It's scary as shit. Even if you do it this is. for a living and do this as your entire life, like that moment and to have pe- your people behind you just cheering you on and chanting your name. And that's the goal. We want to have mm-hmm. that for all the fighters. We don't want it to just be one fighter. We want all the fighters to have that kind of love and support in that room when we do these shows. So yeah. having that six weeks leading up to it, and, you know, being able to engage more and even incorporate technology like these kind of things like podcasts and and Zoom meetings and stuff like that where we can use that content and get their stories and help put that out. Like our whole job is to promote them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's really hard to promote them when it comes down to like fight week and you've got all the ships burning and all this shit going on. And it's like, you know, so it's it's putting systems in place and looking at things in a much longer scale, like looking at things a year, like we're already planning February 24 right now, you know, mm-hmm. we're, already, we're, in, we're, excuse me, we're in April of 24 right now. Um, so yeah. I mean, like we're in and to be able to build off the momentum from every single event, especially when you have it going each month, going side by side, you get the fans interested in that first one. Okay. I want to come again and again and again and have that big old crowd and having them chant with each fighter that comes out. Like, I think that was rough 48 that I had Paul Marquitas yeah. versus Deshaun White. And I remember like the whole theater was shaking because of how crazy the crowd was. Yeah. Absolutely. And insane energy. And I remember sitting there and I looked over at David, our ring announcer, who's also the GM of the Celebrity Theater. I looked over at him and I said, oh, man, oh, you just to feel it, you know what I mean? Like, and I, cause again, I don't get to stop and experience the show a whole lot myself when I'm there and doing it. I'm running around and doing all kinds of things and making sure shit's going on. But that was mm-hmm. a moment that I was able to just like sit and enjoy and be present in what we had created. And the, the excitement that I had for Paul Margitis and his awesome brother, Dre, like I, to hear that for them wasn't, it wasn't even about me. I was ecstatic and I was just overwhelmed with gratitude for them. I was excited for mm-hmm. them, for, for Paul to get that feeling. That was his first ever MMA fight. The kid's been training at the lab for like a decade and that was his first fight. And that's how I want every fighter that comes into the rough cage to feel and, and to have that mm-hmm. experience. You know what I mean? Um, man, I got a little emotional there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm all there with you, man. Like me personally, I'm 26, but I see, I don't see myself ever retiring from working in the MMA industry or even combat sports in general because of all of this. You know, it's like I absolutely hate being on my phone during the weigh-ins, during the whole fight event. I hate it. I don't want to sit there behind a camera recording everything posted to social media. I want to live there, sit in the moment and really appreciate appreciate it like there you're saying right there you're just you're listening to it you're having that moment that's something that's going to stick with you for life that's not something that you'll feel the same way holding up a phone to record it because it doesn't have that same resonation with you and that's why i love i love saying it time and time again i have so much focus now on the fighters that are coming up through rough and everywhere else 
because my mindset is that this is the next generation of fighters. We're already in the current generation with all these people that's in the UFC, one championship, Bellator and everything. And a lot of the legends are going out the door right now. So we have a new generation that's got to step up and to build these stories with all these guys that like hands down Devin Ray from here in Havasu I could see him going very far even challenging for a belt with Rough Nation I I could see that uh, and I can't wait future. um yeah no, absolutely um and all these guys that come again this farm team mentality of like finding people that normally wouldn't be in the position to get the kind of exposure that by all means have the talent and deserve to get that kind of exposure but if it's like Shaquille O'Neal, you know what I mean? Like Shaq was out on the farm lifting tractors and shit before he got taken to the NBA, you know what I mean? Like, but uh-huh. somebody went out and found that dude or Manu Bull, you know, I think the guy that went to Africa and like found this dude that could, was seven eleven and fucking dunked, you know, without even leaving the ground. Like those mm-hmm. kind of stories throughout history and sports, like, that's that's nothing new and now we have social media which connects everything gives you you know an ability to see beyond the the city walls so to speak but um i mean again having to travel to fight like they were all great high school wrestlers but for a lot Mm -hmm. of people if they don't end up going to college or even if they do go to college then college ends up being the end of the road like what's next if you're a lifelong competitor and you're a lifelong athlete and you just get done with college and you've had a great, you know, wrestling career. Now, what do you do? You just call it quits and you hang up your wrestling shoes. No, you get in the cage, you go MMA. And Mm -hmm. I think that has a lot of where like the future is going to come from. And you say generations, like we're, we're, we're looking at building relationships with, you know, wrestling teams and, and the, the state wrestling and that, all that stuff and getting the sport, the sports to merge more, throughout a youth and like club type of system. So like you're, you're mm-hmm. aiming, we're going to be looking to these athletes that, and have them start looking to MMA sooner in their careers instead of a, Hey, I'm done with everything. What do I do now? Type of thing. Like, Hey, like I'm going to go to high school. I'm going to let her in. I'm going to wrestle and I'm going to do varsity wrestling and I'm going to kick ass. I'm going to go win state. And then I'm going to go to college and I'm going to go be all American and I'm going to go do that. And then I'm going to win national championship. And then I'm going to go to rough MMA and I'm going to get a rough championship. Right? Like exactly. I love seeing like there's kids that have grown up in rough, you know, like jab and Brandon and Zane Zane's mm-hmm. out here smashing dudes in high school. Like, I mean, yeah, he grew up with badass friends and badass family around all the time that fought and ran, you know, had fights and did all these things. But the kid is a savage you know, and like to see mm-hmm. what he's doing in the sport now is this uh, like it's exhilarating and i mean jason his daughter is stomping people like she is wrestling and just like laying the smack down and like the children and the and the youth that have seen and been a part of what we're doing are like going on and like they're going to end up one day even coming and getting in the cage you know what I mean? like it's it's insane to think and as parents we're like eh, no but like this is the effect that it's going to have on a mass level. You know what I mean? Um, I think we're in 2023, we're going to be going out and getting involved with some of the wrestling teams. I mean, Joel has a, a deep wrestling background and roots here in Arizona with being, you know, a two time state champion and collegiate wrestler here at ASU. Like we're going to tap into his passion for wrestling and his, you know, ability to go out and, and tap into these relationships that he's had in wrestling for, 40 years and get the wrestling community to rally behind rough, you know, ASU has mm-hmm. a, as an MMA team. Now you can, they got an Instagram. But do they ASU really? MMA. I don't know whether wow. it's a club type of thing or what, but Hey, like I really like that concept. Like mm-hmm. that could be something that could go on at other campuses all across the country where, Hey, now even at a collegiate level, you're able to get MMA experience and, learn these things and, and go to these different places. And, and then who knows, maybe one day get in the cage. You gave me an excellent idea where you do like, like a vlog series at where you go to these colleges, these high schools and kind of like you, 
I'm trying to figure out because I don't want to seem like it's a ripoff of the how like Dana White he goes and he finds fighters from all over the place. But that'd be a really cool concept for Ruff where you're just you're going to the local scene in Arizona and you're finding the raw talent that we have in these wrestlers that's in the colleges here in uh, Arizona on the high school level. I think that'd be pretty clever. Well, and I think that surrounds the, you know, because you you and I have talked many times about getting a rough show like out in somewhere like Habasu, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. like doing the ones like we do in Flagstaff and Twin Arrows and those things. Like the concept behind having celebrity theater be our like home base and then having these satellite markets to go out and do whether whether we do it in a tournament fashion or we do it just in a uh, recruitment type of mentality, but the road mm-hmm. to rough, like going out and and then as part of the community outreach part of it and, and raising awareness for those events in those areas is going out and, and talking to the local wrestling clubs, going out and hitting all, you know, stopping in at all the local gyms, the jujitsu gyms and the Muay Thai gyms and the kickboxing gyms. And um, I mean, just, just through what we do on the matchmaking side, we're making relationships with people in all these different markets and all these places that, you know, they may even do shows like that. Robert Gonzalez, he's up North, you know, and he's, a Muay Thai guy and uh, and he, him and Jason connected. And now we're talking about, you know, ways to incorporate more of the Muay Thai that we haven't done in a few years um, into mm-hmm. shows for 2023 and then getting some of the Muay Thai fighters that want to cross over and, and him knowing and being a member of that community and having those connections. Like, again, you talk about the Rays, Devin Ray and big Papa Ray and Tori Ray. I love those guys. And they're, you know, they have deep roots in the community and they can, rally the troops and all that stuff it's it's creating a giant army and a network of those kind of folks that like see the value in what we're doing and mm-hmm. that love, love what we're doing support what we're doing and and hopefully bringing the show out to those markets once if not twice a year to then again give give people at every level an opportunity to get involved and then taking the ones that are successful and that are doing it right and that are you know, pushing and bringing them to Phoenix and putting them on the big show, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. bringing them up and giving them that even bigger opportunity to do it on the big stage with the bright lights and all of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, see, uh, this is why it's the number one MMA promotion of Arizona. It's that right there, that right there. It's Yari 20 steps ahead and it's the passion, it's that drive and it's the emphasis on every aspect of that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, when you have, the kind of people around you and the kind of support that we have, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to not have, be passionate about it because I mean, people get amped up about this stuff. This is stuff I talk to people about MMA every single day, everywhere I go. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, and it's not even about like, I ran into a guy. Hey, I seen you at a, uh, the MMA lab one now. Yeah, dude, I've been in there like three times this year, you know, and get, you know, fighters videos and contracts signed and that kind of stuff. But the fact that, he, he recognized me from there and not from rough mm. MMA was one of those things. It's like, see, it's a matter of like putting yourself out in the community and making those connections. It just reinforcement that like what we're doing is right. You know, the people that are getting behind it and, and giving us commitments and things like it's no longer, even with our mar- marketing partners and stuff, it's not like this event, this event, this event, it's all right, we got 2023, like let's go. And every mm-hmm. single one of our partners from from last year came on and, they had, and we've had that same conversation. And they're like, you know what? We support what you guys are doing and we are excited to be a part of it. Let's just make it a year relationship. So now, again, all of these things are coming. People are seeing what we're doing. The support is coming in there. It's getting long term. So we're not having to recreate this stuff every event. Once yeah. you have that kind of thing in place and, and that kind of support structure, then being able to implement that promotion and that individual attention for every fighter and all that stuff becomes more accessible and, and mm-hmm. easily, easily accomplished. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cause then you have an established to, system. Right. And we have the established support that we know, okay, like this is where we're starting at, at zero and we're not starting at negative 50, right? Like you, and you're much more confident in doing all things when, the bases are covered when the roof is mm-hmm. over your head and you've got food on the table and gas in the car, you know what I mean? Like it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to help other people when you're not trying to figure out how to cover the bases. 
Yeah, and that's why, too, I liked Rough 51 because even though it ended up turning into be a small card with all the fights that fell out, we were already in, like, a good zone where it's, like, the system was established, and we even got to experiment with more stuff. That's why it made it especially exciting because you got to do the pre-fight interviews during the weigh-ins, pre-fight interviews during the fight event itself, a couple of post-fight, got to really engage more, and it felt and the more... experience. We, the experience mm-hmm. for everybody involved was exponentially greater it was people were like wow you know this is really cool nobody was ever like man you only had six fights shit you know it was like <laughs> wow man that was so much fun because they got right? to, it wasn't rush 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 we've done 19 fights like you look at anywhere in the country nobody is putting on 19 fights in one card like and then trying to put that into any amount of time that i mean i would get up and walk away three times in that amount of time like I got shit to do. I can't be here for seven and a half hours watching this show. Like, you know, yeah. what I mean? like when you and you've got to rush through everything. So then everything's rushed because you're trying to fit 19 fights into a three and a half hour slot, you know, which is a yeah. five and a half hour, six plus hour ordeal. People are literally like falling asleep or like ready to go get food because it's such a long event. Yeah. By like making it more of an experience and less of the amount of people that are on the card. Our goal from here on out is no more than a 10 fight card. And we're getting more and more professionals and we're, we're getting the backing to be able to put more and more professionals on the card and doing that stuff. So like ultimately like fighters are going, the, the opportunity is going to slim and up, but it's going to be the fighters that are ready to go mm-hmm. that are planning to go that are you know ready for a good fight camp and gonna go then we're going to be scheduling them out versus trying to put 30 of them in a night we've mm-hmm. got them booked for the next three months and we're working at a continual thing it's not just one huge event and then burning out all everybody or people getting injured and then having one that's a half-ass one mm-hmm. i like a six to ten fight fight card with an added experience for the people that are in attendance whether it's you know, tequila flights or more free merch. People love getting all the free merch and having yeah. stuff thrown at their heads from the from the cage, you know, like that kind of stuff. We love to do that. And and having that time and that flexibility to do that and express our gratitude even more to the sponsors and the people that helped us do all of this stuff. You know, I feel like with too many fights on the card, you don't have the time to devote to the real necessities. Mm-hmm. that need to be addressed you know yeah because then it you're just rushing rushing and, and fitting it in a time frame and then you get errors and then the production has issues and then the live stream has issues and then everything has issues and it becomes counterproductive you know yeah um and i think you know my I, and i started seeing this is like i would love to see an mma show at the celebrity theater rough doing it every single month a you know eight to ten fight card and and i predict in the near future that you very well may see a rough show um every single month um and it's not going to be a turned out thing i think it's uh i think it we're figuring out the the ability to present the experience and make it something and and even we're looking at you know we've already adjusted ticket prices and stuff like that because you know, yeah, you have to cover costs and that kind of thing. But if you outprice the guy that just got off work and and is doing construction and would go spend an extra 40 bucks or something with his buddy to go have a beer and watch a fight, like if you're not you're not offering the experience to everybody that you can if you're outpricing your everyday, you know, working Joe as you used to call it or whatnot. Like yeah. if you're outpricing the everyday fan, like we're just not there yet. And I think that's something that we had to remind ourselves of and come back to is like, Hey, you know what? I'd rather have less money and more people than a little bit of money and not many people. Yeah. I'd rather have 2,500 people in there and charge less for the tickets and have more people experience what we're doing than I, then the way that most things are looking right now with inflation and all this bullshit, like, oh, let's raise the prices. Let's let's make it a hundred and fifty dollar ticket. Well, like, yeah, then nobody. I spend the twenty nine bucks and watch it at home. You know, um, yeah. So we're, we're adjusting the prices. We're adjusting 
a lot of things. And again, it's a constant fluctuation and it's a, is this working or is this not working and what can we do to make it better? Um, I think, I think 2023 is going to be a huge, huge year for the fight community in Arizona, hands down. Um, the Arizona boxing and MMA commission has been amazing and they continue to be a huge supporter of what we're doing. Um, they've commented several times about setting the bar and, and raising the standard of what this is and what it has been in throughout the history of Arizona boxing and MMA. Um, you know, what we, there's young blood, there's, you know, great excitement and stuff coming from them and the meetings and, and they're excited that all of these promotions are coming to the state of Arizona and that everybody's back to doing MMA and boxing and all that. Uh, what you're going to see is a definite separation between the, the ones that are doing it right and that have the, the right mentality and the right future and, and foresight for what's going to be coming of this sport and of gaming and of sports betting and all the things that are surround this crazy thing. Um, and you're going to see the ones that don't do business the right way. You're going to see them weed themselves out, um, which is, is great for the sport as as well because again yeah to see where this is going to be in 30 years is just it's absolutely mind-blowing and super exciting and oh yeah gives you the goosebumps gets you nice and excited <sighs> yeah <laughs> yeah hell yeah man hell yeah i'm i'm truly excited and i know i'll wrap it up here in a second but hands down i'm truly excited for 2023 and is there a final message do you, you want to give to the fans to really get them amped up for the next year um 2023 is going to be the year of the title uh we're going to award more rough titles than any year in rough history um we're going to have more national world champions awarded in 2023 probably than we have in most every uh past year combined um nice. we're going to see we're going to see the cream of the crop we're going to see who wants it bad enough and we're going to see who puts in that work and who lives that life and who's all about that and does it all right and they are going to be rewarded with a world championship title uh, both on an amateur and a professional level um, again, our goal being to see these title holders then go and take that and, and advance in their careers. And, you know, if they're, if they're an amateur title holder, what we are already seeing in our mind is that title holder is going to then go pro and mm -hmm. they're going to vacate that title for the next generation or the next, um, you know, the next duo of champions ready to step up and go for it. Well, once they do go professional, they, we still want them to be able to chase that gold and chase that title and, and be able to get that. And then when you, if you are like Waldo, he is, you know, he's a rough holder. He's a LFA title holder. And now he's on the biggest stage in the world for what he does as a, as a heavyweight world champion um, on the chase. So that dude's going to add another big fat heavy belt to his collection. And again, it comes back to saying like, this is how you get, this is, this is the goal. Let's reverse engineer it. And let's follow the path on how to get there. Like you want to mm -hmm. be a world champion. Yeah, that's a great goal. And that's fantastic. Now, what do you got to do to get from here to there? Um, so I, again, I think 2023 rough, you're going to see it. We're calling it is the year of the title. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And you guys heard yeah. it right here, right now. They yep. got it all jam packed for you in 2023. Absolutely. And, and just to drop one, we've already, we've already known this one's coming up. Um, we've got uh, Bridge City Zone, Trenton Byers, current 125-pound amateur title holder. Um, he will be taking a biscuit. Uh, Brian Benavides is going to – with this has already been settled. They, they wanted to take a little time off for the holidays or whatnot, and uh, they both said it's on for February 25th. Uh, contracts are out and uh, they should be back any minute boys uh, and that is going to be one of the first title matches of the year uh, two very well deserving guys two amazing athletes in the cage two amazing dudes outside of the cage um, who again that the values that we share the family and and having the support and bringing their people out and all that stuff like either one that wins you know the, these dudes are going to be deserving of it and and celebrated for it. So we're excited to see that at 
uh, Rough 52 in February. Brian Benavides challenges Trenton Byers for the 125-pound Rough Amateur World title. Damn, that's not Yes, sir. And you're going to have a big old Lake Havasu crowd. I could guarantee that right now. Yes. No, I mean, and we're super excited. And, and if we just get more strategic about when and where and how we do things to make sure that we're maximizing the exposure and, and that for everybody involved. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to learn the lessons when you don't have many people in the house. And, and it, again, it comes down to, you know, missed opportunities and things that we could have done better. But um, we're again, we're very good at failing. It's the rough story, the rough life. And we we just get good at failing faster and mm-hmm. this year we're dialing it in and we're, we're, we're laser focused and fucking ecstatic. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, I know, man. I can't wait either. It's going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you, CJ for coming on. Truly appreciate it. I'm glad we finally got to get you on too. Absolutely, man. Thank you again for being authentically you and and for everything that you do. And uh, we appreciate you and we're excited to see where everything goes. And let's go. Rough Nation 2023. Catch us live at the Celebrity Theater. Um, It's going to be an amazing year. If you haven't been to a show, come out and catch a show. We're going to make it even more affordable, even more exciting, even more fun. so we won't hold it against you that you hadn't been before, but you definitely need to come check us out in 2023. Uh, exactly. It's going to yeah. be amazing. I mean, we are so grateful uh, for all of you, for all the fighters, for you, Josh. Um, I mean, everything you guys do, you have no idea the impact that this is going to have on the future of uh, this sport for many, many, many people. to come. So, well, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate it, man. It's a privilege to be a part of all of this. It's a privilege to be a part of everything, get to work with you guys, all these fighters. And hell yeah, we're going to make 2023 the biggest motherfucking year there is, hands down. We did that a long time ago. It's just actually becoming its time. God bless, man. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Yeah, you have a good one, man.